Hello, my name's James Pikeaway. Glenn Power, PowerWorks Automotive is in the house, which means it's the PowerWork podcast time. And we're going to solve all of your automotive issues. That's it. That's all. If it's going on in the world of automotive, Glenn has his finger on the pulse and we're going to solve it. He is in the garage. He's got, he's got people talking in one ear. He's listening to me talking in the other ear. <laughs> Life in the fast lane. That's what <laughs> There's a lock on this door. See if it works. See if it's locked. Oh man, you know what, Glenn? This is this is bringing a a whole new meaning to uh, under lock and key. But you know, when people. you know, the good thing about locking this door is people can actually see me through the glass. Yeah. So then, you know, I'm not up to any like bad stuff the lock doesn't work anyway but also I'd have that awkward thing of having to pretend I can't see them yeah you're looking at them it's like can't see you can't see you Oh man! Oh man! Well, you know what? It's it's life in the fast lane, and, and hey, on the on the upside, great to be busy. And I think that's that's always the yeah, good no, thing. We've had, uh, we've had two weeks of not recording. I think has it been two weeks? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyone that's listening to this one, uh, can you please like, share, and subscribe? <laughs> leave a comment, rate, in review, anything you want. Do that now. Because I'm about to unload three works, three weeks worth of drivel <laughs> on, on the unsuspecting public. So, you know, if, if this isn't the first time you've listened, you should have known better. Well, you know what? And, and the ongoing saga. So everyone knows that uh, two of the biggest fans of this program are Joey Woo Woo and Dougie. Dougie being the uh, you know, Smash Up Derby guy. And you sent me that fantastic back wing on that purple Subaru, which I'm going to, I got to put a link up to that. And I sent that out to Joey Woo Woo and he said, oh my God, because of course his wife drives a Subaru and we've been threatening, especially with Dougie to, to affix a wing to it. He's a gas. Now he's worried because we've actually got a prototype model. So he's very worried about that. But I, I really take that as a great compliment that you're, you're searching out exactly what we could put on our car. Yeah. I was just walking around to pick a customer's car up the other day and, uh, it was, it was worth the, worth the photograph. I think <laughs> I wondered did... exactly what we talked about. It was exactly the same thing we talked about. Yeah. Bright pink, purple, uh, huge ironing board on the back. Yeah. Great. And I, I wonder if they have underbody lighting on that car. That would even make it better. I hope so. And I hope it's like yellow or something <laughs> to make it as garish as it can be. I, I got to share this one with you. You're going to love this one. So the, the two days ago, I'm in the old Jeep Wrangler. And I guess every, every single show somehow revolves around my Jeep Wranglers. So there I was yeah. in the Jeep Wrangler. I'm navigating my way up a parking structure that clearly is not made for a Jeep Wrangler to turn. And I, so I finally get up into the parking spot and I stop the car and I haven't turned it off yet. You know, I've got the AC running and I hear this God awful clack, 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 clack. I'm in the car and it's from the look of your eyes. I mean, that was the look of my eyes and I'm going, Oh my God, I have thrown a rod or something like this is, and I'm just, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the dash, right? I'm looking at heat. Is it getting overheated? Is is it rough, idle rough? You know, what's going on? Because it is so loud. It's like in my ear. And I'm trying to figure out, I got the roof on and the windows closed. It's clack, 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 clack. So I'm like freaking out thinking, you know, and, and all I'm thinking is how am I going to get Glenn's tow truck in here? Or are we going to try and glide it out of the parking structure, which would have been really cool because we would have really had to hunker down on the corners. Uh, it turns out, I turn off the vehicle, I get out, and it's someone using a jackhammer just on the other side of the barrier in the parking garage. Thank God. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> lucky, lucky. The second... Yeah. The second no, I've been there. I've been there, I've yeah. been there in, a, in a queue of traffic, and you think, please don't be my car. Please be the boss next to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we've all had that where or or the worst. I think one of the worst ones is when you and we get a lot of trucks here in the Emirates that, you know, hey, they do their job. They're getting inspected more and more. But you still get some vehicles every now and then where it 
you know, the transmission is going, brakes are going, something's rubbing. And so you get that awful smell and there's nothing worse than driving. And you smell that smell that, you know, is a transmission going, you know, it's a transmission plate. Yeah. There's no question in your mind. You've smelled that. You only have to smell that once to know what it is. And you're going, I hope that's not my vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Please check in if your air comes on recirc or not. Yeah. Have I got a window open? Is that from outside? Please be from outside. Yeah. Yeah. And the same time you hear it or smell it, you think, well, oh, I've been, you convince yourself that the transmission has not been shifting right for the last few days. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it was, uh, again, back to the Jeep talk. It was, it was a, a pleasure to be driving a Jeep Wrangler the other day. I was at the uh, Double Tree in JBR. And of course, there's no valet parking right now. So you got to park yourself. And there was just this one spot against the wall that was too small for a Wrangler because there was a barrier, you know, just a small one, like a five inch, you know, kind of parking stop in the way. So it was really hard to get in, put it into four wheel low, put it into four wheel drive. I just went back and forth over the barrier. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) I I did check the clearance first. Yep. We can, we can do it. (laughs) I mean, you the extreme with the low range or at least you got over it i wanted to make sure that i didn't have to spin the tires or anything as i was doing it so it was just you know like, let's make i didn't want to attract too much attention in in the garage oh, no, that, yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean just just bouncing up over a concrete block in low range that's normal but yeah right look you've got to have some use out of the four-wheel drive system right that's what that's i figured point if you don't use it I think it's the first time in 300,000 kilometers that I've used it in a parking garage. So I was happy about that. Happy days. Yeah. Hey, did you, did you get a chance to take a look at that video that I put up from Alaska? Did you see that? On um, the notes from this time? Yes. No, I haven't. I okay. Opened I'll, it now. I'll describe it to you because it's, it's the Alaska car cliff jumping championships. Oh yeah. Okay. So Yeah. <laughs> So first of all, there's no one. Yeah, on ESPN all the time. Yeah, there's no one in the cars, but they take these junkers. They're at the top of a cliff. You've got the audience at the bottom of the cliff. Fortunately, they're over slightly to the side. You got this team of of expert demolition car drivers, uh, technicians. They wedge would look like to me looks like a two by four between the seat and the gas pedal, and then they fire the thing off a cliff. You know, they see, the problem is whenever I hear two by four, I just think of um, oh, what was the old the old wrestler, the oh. WWF wrestler that used to run around going, oh, <laughs> that guy. So I just I think he'd be a good guy to have their start in the race off. <laughs> and and they, these guys take it a, a, a step further. They hang an American flag. I don't know how. I couldn't see how it was affixed. And if the car going over the cliff can get enough height to hit the flag, then they get the bell and the whistles too. <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like this, but it was, you know, it's almost a reason to go to Alaska. I, I thought this is, and it, the beautiful backdrop, beautiful backdrop, boreal forest, water, and just everyone setting up with their lawn chairs. <laughs> so this was for celebration of Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what that's, they were doing. So that's the video I'm looking at. So actually, yeah, I want to see, that's it, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I want to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> Jim getting Duggan. all in on this. Just marching around in his in his blue trunks and his two by four, shouting ho at everything and just firing cars off a cliff. What better way to spend the Fourth of July? It's got to be better than fireworks. I think so. I think so. And you know, fireworks you're boring. Yeah, totally. I I just keep thinking, why aren't we get finding a nice spot here to do something like uh-huh. this? I'm thinking the Rack Tourist Group. You're watching it now, aren't you? <laughs> no. You see, this is the problem, right? So I've just clicked on it. I'm not going to watch it because that's incredibly... Uh, it's 10 minutes. You're, that'll be it. You'll yeah. be, you'll, I'll just be talking to myself because it's what, the thing is I've it done, grabs you. Yeah, well, this is my wrist. So I just scrolled down and thought I'd just try and grab a few bits from it. And then related video, <laughs> UK car jumping championships. <laughs> and it's the worst thing you've ever seen. It's like some old Mercedes A-class with... <laughs> I don't know what that is. There's like a Ford Fiesta on its roof, a load of scrap tires, and then it's slightly sunny, so nobody's got any clothes on in the background. Oh, no, no. And there's people, oh, no. There's people sat on camping chairs. There we like go. Like the Kimbo. We don't, we don't need that. <laughs> 
right, I'm thinking Dubai's your second home. We know it. Everyone's saying it. That's the new motto. Dubai's your second yeah. home. We need to have a car cliff jumping contest. You've got no cliffs. Yeah, that's with Jebel Jace then. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. We, you know, I'm thinking rack. I mean, this is rack tourism. This yeah, could really work if we could find a spot that's not going to wreck everything. Yeah, Jebel Jace, we've got the... Um already got the world's longest zip line. Yeah, I've done that zip line. Uh, have you ever done that zip line? No. no. I'm on the doorstep as well. I should have done it. <laughs> I, I've I'll done that D- zip I'll line. Get, I'll, get DJ to, I'll get DJ to agree to do it when he gets here next yeah. month, and then I'll be able to convince me to do it with him. Yeah, there you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, so I, that- can't, uh, I can't say. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that um, we're going to have any... No, there'll be no interest in this here. There'll be no interest in this whatsoever, I'm afraid. You don't think? No. no. Oh, I mean, man. it's a fantastic thing to watch, but it's also one of those things where you're just sort of thinking, well, I, I say this as a, as a British uh, person, I and mean, I'd say man or woman now, but I say this as a Brit, and I, I, I just like watching Americans do crazy stuff like this. <laughs> Well, you know what? They do it well. And I don't mean that, they, that they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. They just do these extreme things. Yeah, yeah. Like Demolition Derby, NASCAR. Oh, There's no NASCAR anywhere exactly, else in the world. Yeah. yeah. The most ridiculous thing in the world, NASCAR. An oval <laughs> track, four million horsepower. And then there's half a million people over the weekend go and watch it. It's incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. it's uh, yeah. Just for the spectacle of it, it's amazing. But yeah, this, this looks... Uh, this, I'm going to watch that video. I'll I'll, uh, I'll watch that video after we finish today. Yeah, we're going to. I'll put it. I'll put it. And so, anyone who's listening right now, it's in the description of this podcast. So I post all the links yeah. actually into the description, so you can go and take a look. You know, the other one that I, mean, com- honest, I got, I got bogged down. I think you're about to come onto it now. I got bogged down in one of the links that you sent on the notes. Just couldn't stop reading into it, thinking, why? Why <laughs> are, is, why? Are we talking about the Mercedes uh, Designo stuff? Is that the one we're talking about? No, I was actually talking about the Toyota, the old paint and the old patents that they'd filed years, oh, yeah. years ago for stuff. Well, I know. I, this is this was a very interesting... I, I, I was left scratching my head as well on that one. And they're, they're sort of looking at things that they've put through and some of them I thought, okay, that, that's kind of interesting, you know, the, especially the ones that deal with parking so that you could actually turn all yeah. the wheels. The security feature one, though, I thought that was pretty, whose idea was it to have a security feature in your car that if someone makes off with your car, you can activate tear gas in the cabin? Incredible. <laughs> some, some incredibly militant person who just had his car stolen. Yeah. Or her car stolen. So the, so the designer had to get a, had to ride a mass transit into work. He was absolutely furious and thought, right, how can I stop this happening again? And, uh, they spent the next 24 hours in the office designing a tear gas system. <laughs> and, and where are you going to get the tear gas? Like, can you buy tear gas over the shelf? I know you can get bear spray, but, you know, which is pretty strong pepper spray. You know, we've, all had a, we've all had a malfunctioning car alarm. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine? You imagine that you imagine the tear gas going off at three o'clock in the morning in the building parking. Everybody goes down in the in the basement in the morning at like seven AM to go to work and everyone's just getting tear gassed. Can you imagine? I, Great. I yeah. Yeah. I, I but you know what? I gotta say, Toyota if they well, I I wanna go visit their Q design studio to see where these wacky ideas are coming out and patents aren't cheap. So if they're actually making a prototype and then applying for a patent must be a cool room to go walk around. Yeah. But it's another made up job. Somebody just justifying their job (laughs) by making these patents. Oh, well I've done 17 patents this, this month. Uh, You can pay me, can't you? And it's like, you're never going to get used. Then again, I suppose, a little bit like anything nobody knows what's next yeah and you try and get ahead and you try and try and guess what would be required next and it's a bit like a bit like samsung with the folding phone yeah bit of a bit of a white elephant if you ask me yeah yeah but they thought that was going to be the next thing and uh they, they went all in on it 
causes causes no different. They're, they're very tech based, so any kind of tech technological uh, advance is, is hard to predict and I kind of understand where they're coming from with it but um, I'd prefer to have uh, some kind of device that will prevent somebody getting out of the car strap them to the seat rather than tear gas them <laughs> that's probably that's probably a better solution yeah I, I like the idea that the doors won't unlock and that you know there's a camera system on your phone so you can talk to them and you know tell yeah. them you know, what are you not what are you doing in my car yeah. oh. Well, you know what the next, you know what the actual, the actual one will be, on autonomous cars. Just drive it straight to the police station. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's if we still, that's if we still have police anyway. Well, you know, the, that's the whole other side, isn't it? And this is, you know, if there's one thing that the that the COVID experience has taught me is that. Every and it's just a reinforcing Newton's law and his second law. Every action has an equal, equal and opposite reaction. You know, you you start to create autonomous cars that requires a redeployment of police in a different way, doing different things. Maybe there's more cyber police. Yeah. It's it's like wow, are we thinking about all these things and the implications and stuff? And I think that's that becomes interesting. And and. Yeah, you know, especially as you're talking about maybe autonomous cars, we don't need, you know, the security systems become totally different. Who's going to try and make off with an autonomous car? Like, what are you thinking? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it's 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 and this is sort of five years old technology now, but you know, a lot of cars come with an app. Yeah, and you can see exactly where your car is and what it's doing. It's external temperature, the engine temperature, the internal cabin temperature. You can start the car, set the AC, set the heating, depending on where you are in the world. Um, there's there's so many things that that you can do these days with tech on cars that you've been able to do for a long time. So, yeah. you know, security systems are becoming they're kind of it's a weird one, isn't it? Because cars become there's a lot of valuable tech on a car now. Yeah, lots and lots of valuable tech on a car now. But they're very very difficult to steal. Mm. Anybody that understands the value of the tech on the car that makes it worth them stealing it is going to be able to get by any kind of anti-theft device that you put on it. If, yeah. if, if that wasn't the case, there would be no reason for anti-theft. The fact of the matter is anyone that understands the true value of what they're stealing will make sure they can steal it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just a fact, you know. Yeah. You know it's, 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 it's one of those situations that's very hard to... I don't know how you fight it. You know, back in the day, before we had immobilizers, you know, and you, you, you just put a, touch a couple of wires together behind the starter. No, um, hold on. Here, here's the, the start the car. Here's the thing. I want to. I want to pick your brain on this one just for a second. You still see people doing this in the movies, in TV shows. You know, someone sits there, they put their hand underneath the steering column, they rip down a whole bunch of wires. The person instantly knows which one they got to do. They still, you know, touch them together, get a little spark, the thing starts going. Is is it really possible to do that? New cars now. No. Not very many new cars at all. Um, there's no... A lot of them don't have... Basically, when you turn an ignition key, and, and again, we don't have keys now, so when you push a button or whatever it is that you do, you're, you're basically, it's like flicking a light switch on a, in your house. You're, you're, you're allowing power to go from one side of the switch to the other. And then the ignition, where the key goes, is called the ignition barrel, and there's an ignition switch on the back of it. In, in, in layman's terms and in, in general terms, that's the way it goes. So you're turning the key, which turns the barrel, which turns the switch into position, allows the power to then go to the starter motor, for right. example, or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, the problem is the power isn't there now unless it recognizes the key and the immobilizer. Uh, okay. so it's, it doesn't have them. So you can go further back into the wiring harness, and, and you know, there's, there's, but it's not as easy as the movies make it. Although if it's... If it's um, if it's an old car, then yes, you can. And there are some of the cheaper cars up to about 10 years ago probably didn't have fully, um, say, uh, sophisticated immobilized systems on. But mm. most cars now will yeah. come with that as a bare minimum. Now, it's so cheap to do. So cheap to do. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's the whole other side. I mean, it's just part of the programming now. And if it doesn't recognize that little thing, does a little handshake, it doesn't start. And everything on our car is electronic now, so it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, one of the, one of the bigger one of the bigger problems with with um, let's say this is like this is like advice for thieves. But one of the one of the bigger <laughs> with the bigger problems with with um, immobilizers immobilizer systems on vehicles now is the technology to um, pair a key to a car is very, very cheap. Mm, really? You know, you can, I, I, let, let, let's say, let's say I have a call from a customer and they say, look, I've, I've lost my key. I cannot find the, the key for my car. Uh, but I've got the, I've got the, um, spare that came with it which will open the doors and stuff but I, I, it doesn't rec- it's not recognized by the immobilizer or, or whatever it is or I've got a second key but it's not working I think mm. it needs re- rematching to the immobilizer um, you know it's like a 250 300 dirham call out wow that's it you can go and pair the key you know and some of them some of them can be done manually on the vehicle and um, so that that technology got so ubiquitous and and now therefore is so cheap that we have to move on to the next level of stuff. But again, that's, that's, there's only so many things you can do short of iris and fingerprint scans and stuff like that, you know, which again, that's going to, that, that will become the norm. I think that will become the norm. I remember Ford. um, So on, on VW, there's, uh, it, it, it will set your seat position and the AC yeah. settings and certain different things depending on which key is used to start the car. So let's say it's a one-car household, um, like like a lot of people have, and I have a key and uh, uh, my wife has a key. Uh, we then decide that I'm going to set my seat in freak position because I'm so tall and Amy's normal so she sets it in a normal position so whenever she uses her key it automatically will set the seat position and it'll set the air conditioning to 27 degrees because she hates it being cold and it'll set mine to 16 because I hate being hot so that's just recognized off of the key Ford were talking a while ago about having settings where for people who were teaching their children to drive and letting their children uh, drive their vehicles often just pass the test or join learning to drive that would limit certain functions. So it would limit rev range. Mm. It would limit maximum speed. Um, it would limit um, how, if it was an automatic, it would limit how quick it would shift gear and things like that. And that's really smart. That's yeah. really, really smart stuff, which you can do. But when it comes to um, actually programming that to then have individuals that might because you can't have seven different keys for seven people in the house like for example a volkswagen you can only have eight keys programmed to that one vehicle that's a lot of keys so though be, it's still a lot of keys but you only have to have four people with four different keys if you were making and, and, and this is me saying if you're making use of this option mm-hmm. if each person loses a key um, i'm sure most people have lost a car key in the time yeah if each person loses a key all of a sudden you're already at your capacity of eight and then that's it. That's you done. Then the next time you lose a key, you can't replace it. Mm. So this is where, you know, I think the next stage from that we've, you know, we've seen the, the security pin pads on the side of Fords and, and things like that. Uh, if you, if you were to ask me honestly, like the old Audi, the old Audi S8, the old mm-hmm. V10 one that used to have a fingerprint scanner. Yeah to know which driver was driving and it would let you start the car. And again, it would set the seat position and the AC and everything else. I think it's probably getting to that point now where you only have to offer your hand to the handle now. If you've got a smart key, it just opens up. Yeah. So I think it's just going to become a situation where you offer your hand and it will take a, a fingerprint scan or it will do an iris scan or, or whatever, whatever kind of biometric data. I mean, we've all got it on our phone. Exactly. It's well tried now. It's well tried and well tested. Yeah. I think that's the next thing for cars. I'd be very surprised if it didn't go. Again, it's cheatable and defeatable, and it's unfortunate because there has to be a, the, the problem with these. You always have to have a failsafe, right? And it's the failsafe that lets people in because if that if that sensor fails on that door handle for the fingerprint, you can't just stop the customer, stop the owner of the car using the car. There has to be a failsafe, and there'll always be some kind of mechanical fallback. Mm. Uh, 
uh, or, or some kind of less sophisticated electronic fallback. So you start to see it now where not all tailgates have a key, uh, an opening for a key. So they're electronically operated and they used to have a key. So if it failed, you could put a key in there and yeah. you don't always get that now. Uh, and that's a real pain. Well, I, I've, I've been in one of those vehicles looking for the key, key place, looking like an idiot, realizing, oh, you either have to do it manually from inside the vehicle or use the fob to open it up after I spent yeah, exactly. 10 minutes looking for the key spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is always fun. Speaking of Ford, just really quickly, we're going to come back to this tech stuff, but speaking of Ford, I, I saw a Lincoln Aviator yesterday and what was really cool about it was whoever was driving it went for the chrome package so i not only did i get blinded in the eyes from the chrome and the sunlight but i got a big smile on my face because i was going now that is a car love the chrome (laughs) you are obsessed with chrome i love chrome i don't know i think it's the i'm aging myself right i mean chrome is it's chrome or go home (laughs) i don't like chrome because it blinds me. I'm sick of being blinded by it. Everybody in front of me with their chrome bumpers or their chrome towing or itch or whatever it may be. I, I just can't. I just- yeah, I, you know, and that, that, that ends up being the big problem. As Glenn is saying, you never know when someone is going to be blinding you with that chrome. I was just elaborating that, that this has been a long going issue with the, the blinding from the chrome. But I think it's awesome. I'm sick of it. Sick of chrome. <laughs> Of it. I can't. I, the, the, although I will say this, if it if it's if it's chrome, uh, it tends to be on a well-made vehicle at least. Yeah, uh, that's not always true. Um, at least if it's a solid metal bumper with a chrome finish, that's fine. What I don't like is the plastic ones that have the chrome plates on. So I'm getting mm. blinded for for the sake of nothing. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking I got to reach out to the folks over at Lincoln because we've we've done reviews of Lincolns before, and I think it's time we started doing some you know uh, power works from inside vehicles so we can do a little review and then just talk about the other stuff we do driving around. Yeah, exactly. I think we got to bring yes, that back. That so, yeah. and I, I'd love to get a ride around in an Aviator just to give it a try out because I just I just like the look of it. I just like the name. Got the name tag on it, so I thought, nah, eh, you know, maybe this is time. <laughs> Do you have to wear aviator skates as well? I, I think, and glasses. I think so. I think you've got to, you know, and have yeah. the leather. I guess we'd actually have to check in with uh, Matthew McConaughey and see what he's wearing when he drives it and go from oh, there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I've, I've pretty much got the same kind of look as Matthew McConaughey, same wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can do that. No yeah. problem. Yeah, so that's all that yeah. matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> There, there was a whole thing I put in the thing about a, a new Lamborghini coming out, and I wondered who cares. That, that was the big Nobody thing. Nobody cares about there, a new Lamborghini. There was if it a, wasn't for Lamborghini, kids wouldn't like cars. Well, that's the only thing, right? And and I think that's I, – I often wonder, you know, my boys, you know, they're, they're 23. I got a 23-year-old today and a 21-year-old, and I – I, I mean, I remember when I was a teenager and growing up, you know, I, I aspired to have some of these things and, and to see a Lamborghini. And my boys never talk about cars at all. Like, I don't think they're actually interested in cars. A car is a mode of, of, of transportation, gets us from here to there. I think they're in that. Yeah, which is why, and, and that's an increasingly, I think that's an increasingly popular um, scenario. And that's why people like Lamborghini are important. Because if it was if it was down to Mitsubishi and Toyota and Honda, there'd be nobody getting it. Uh, give Honda the benefit of the doubt with the NSX, but Mitsubishi, Toyota, all these cars, just companies that make cars just for the sake of making a car to take you to and from work. People are going. That's why everybody's going to end up being rideshare and yeah. community ownership and autonomy and all that stuff, and then the joy of driving a car will be lost. So it's very important for people like Lamborghini to keep everybody's um, interest Mm. because nobody can ever say that there's never been a Lamborghini that hasn't turned ahead. Yeah. No, all the time, all the time. Yeah. Because even if it's a normal and then we say this loosely using the term normal, but even a normal Gallardo, it's going to be bright green or red or yellow or orange. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going to be really loud. So you're still going to turn your head and have a look at it. And it's basically like you're driving a lawn chair. So, you know, that's, that's the other side. So it's... <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but it was funny that they're they're teasing that there's in fact it's it's being announced today, uh, July eighth, new Lambo coming out. No one's quite sure what it is. Whether it's you know they've already got an off roader, and they've got their regular stuff. So who knows what's coming out next? But it's it's been well, maybe they're going to do something something which I can't see it happening, but something stupid like uh, Aston Martin tried to do when they released that little city car. Well, maybe maybe imagine it a little Lamborghini version of a Polo. Great. <laughs> well, but Lamborghini started off with tractors, right? They were they're a tractor company yeah. to start with, weren't they? I think yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's just a new lawnmower. Well, look, if it is, it is. <laughs> it is as long as long as it's got a, a at least a V ten and as many turbos as possible. Yeah. There and, we the, go. <laughs> and, the, and the engines in the back. Yeah. Hey, what do you what do you make of this new Ford Bronco that's being teased to death? And they've got you know they're yeah, showing no, they this taking the mic with this one. This is like uh, the Last of Us Two on PlayStation. Like it's been coming out for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And then they've got every I size. Be good. I, you know, it's funny, right? Because you and I both said the same thing. We saw the two door version, or at least a rendering, because no one's actually they haven't really shown too many pictures yeah. of it. And it kind of looks like an FJ Cruiser, a little bit of a cross between an FJ and a Jeep. So I don't know. And yeah. they got a four-door version that really does look like a Sahara. I mean, it's it's got, it's almost a little bit, a little bit of a, a Hummer, a little bit of a, a Wrangler kind of look. I mean, the Bronco was a big vehicle too. So, you know, it's kind of got the same style. And then there's, I think, isn't there a pickup version? Or maybe there's one just with nothing, all the doors taken off and stuff. So interesting. Yeah, I think the problem with the one of the one of the issues that they have with this now, they've built it up so much. And also the old Broncos are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a proper that is a proper sort of um, fanatical group of people that love those trucks. Yeah. So I don't really know who they're gonna to attract to a new one if it's a, a massive um, difference to the to the original. Um I mean, I, I can say, I can tell you now that I didn't like, I didn't like the old Defender, the the, the one that we don't have anymore. I, I, I never liked it. Have you I seen the new one? It. Have you seen the new one? Yeah, well, this is the this is the thing. You see, I don't mind the new one. <laughs> but I think if I liked the old one, it's way, 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 way too far away from it. Yeah. For me to then go and 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 Land Rover is one of those brands. Most car brands are the same. Where if you like a Land Rover, you like a Land Rover. Right. No, I like a VW, so I like a VW. Yeah, but don't think there's any the, anyone that liked the old Defender. I think you're gonna have a you're gonna have a tough time getting used to the new one. Um, I was in Altaya yesterday. Mm. Um, spoke to the Jaguar guys, and they let me have a look around one of the Defenders in the showroom. And I think it's pretty good. I think yeah. it's all right. I mean, it's 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 way 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 too shiny to be a proper off roader. <laughs> I, I think people will be scared to get it scratched up going off road because that's the yeah, thing yeah. with the Defender. You're going to get some dents and stuff, and I know it looks it looks pretty sweet, doesn't it? Yeah, but I do actually like it. I mean, obviously, then one of the one of the things it's got going for is it's in the new James Bond film. There we go, and uh, you know that's obviously going to help it. But I actually I actually do like it. But with the Bronco, the old ones are so cool now, yeah. and there's so many people doing such amazing mods to the old ones. Uh, that you know they've really got to. I, I, I just I don't know. Is is there a is there an appetite in in sort of like well you just mentioned your two boys right? Would they really want to go and get a big Bronco with a you know internal combustion engine in it that's polluting and nice. not necessarily easy to park and it's like I doubt it seven thousand dollars every time you break the bumper on it and yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're living Is in that world. Happy, people at Ford know what they're talking about, and I'm sure they've done market research, and they think well, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm not sure. They, they've made a couple of calls lately, which are the Mac. Is it the Mac-E, which is the, the electric sort of Mustang kind of thing? Yeah. That was a big call, which I'm not sure how that's going to play out, and I think the Bronco's another one. Yeah. Maybe that's what's delayed it. Maybe they're changing a few things on it. I, maybe time, timing of all, you know, that that's the other thing. We got COVID and, and yeah, other obviously, stuff. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. 
it's going to be interesting. But it's it's also interesting that that there's now talk about uh, that the, the folks over at Jeep are looking at coming out with a Wagoneer again, and they're they're talking about doing that, and again on the old uh, frame on. Uh, body on frame approach so it's not a unibody thing but one of the things that they they they've been talking about they're just teasing it so it's all speculation because no one knows but if when i when you think of a jeep wagoneer what do you think of you think of wood paneling yeah and there's talk that yeah they're gonna gonna fly today yeah they're talk that yeah they're gonna have that coming out but they're not gonna put wood paneling on it well who's gonna buy the wagoneer without wood paneling like that's the only reason you buy the wagoneer Regardless of what you think, I mean, I wouldn't buy a car with wood paneling on it. But like you say, it's 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 exactly what you think of when you think of that car. That's yeah. the first thing you imagine is the the wood the wooden doors, basically. Yeah. So, so uh, no, I, I we've had this conversation, James, where we've said that people should stick to what they do and and be sort of proud of it and uh, just these 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 things. And, and the other thing with the Bronco being a Ford is we mentioned the Defender, the Land Rover, like. I'm tired of getting in a Ford Explorer and then getting in a Land Rover Discovery and then getting in a Volvo and just being in the same car. Yeah. Just yeah. Everything underneath, it just feels the same inside. They smell the same. Mm, mm. Um, and it's a stupid thing to complain about, I suppose. But I hope the Bronco's not just a Defender with a different badge on it. Yeah, that or, you know. I, yeah, you know that, and that's a big thing that we. I think it's, it, you know, if you if you were to, to to listen to all of our podcasts right back from the ARN ones, which, by the way, I've decided I'm going to go back into the archives and I'm going to start pulling all of those old shows and re, reposting them here because there's some gold in there. To me, when I was even even more awkward, <laughs> there's some gold there. I think we got to have it all up, but. You know, one of the things when you listen to the trajectory of, of our conversations, we, the, you know, there's sort of the pre Tesla, Tesla's here, electric cars and all that kind of stuff. And one of the big things that we constantly talk about is so not everyone's going electric right, right away. So what is going to be that differentiator between the autonomous or the electric car and the internal combustion engine vehicle? And, and as you said, they're getting more and more similar, you know, different way of operating, but they all feel the same and look the same. And I think that becomes that big differentiator that the automotive industry needs to recognize and the car companies need to recognize is they need to make sure that the inside of the car where you spend all your time is differentiated and is ubiquitous with this is, in the case of a Bronco, this is a Ford Bronco. This is not a Land Rover. This is a Ford Bronco. And it's it's got yeah. that 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 stuff that makes it it. And it's only in it, which works totally against the marketing model. Because the marketing model needs mass production, needs sharing of parts and et cetera. But as soon as you start doing that, people start going, well, why should I buy that car? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I think that that is one of the huge selling points that Tesla has on their side. So they've obviously got the environmentally conscious aspect. Um, but, but as well as that, we've got the fact that they look different to a lot of cars. They they obviously sound different because they don't sound like anything. Yeah. Um, they, they drive differently. And um, at the end of the day, that makes them, and helps that, I think, helps them sell. Mm. Regardless of what people may think of them. I know we had a bit of a, you know, we had a chat on WhatsApp. And we're constantly in contact when we find things that we think each other will be interested in. And, um, you know, you were sort of shocked that Tesla was more valuable than Toyota. And that's um, 20, 20 to one sale ratio though for Toyota. Toyota sells 20, yeah, but you know, 20, I think it's 25 thing, to one. The thing is, is Toyota an aspirational vehicle? Yeah, no. And that, that, that's, you know, the, the, the reason you don't see, I, I've, I've never seen an advert for a Tesla. I've never seen a billboard for a Tesla. I've never seen mm. or heard a radio commercial for a Tesla, even for an agency. And we've got one here. Yeah. I've never seen or heard anything for Tesla. And we've got, you know, we've got Andrew who does the tech show with you from Nexa. They do marketing. Yeah. And we never, you're right. You know what? That That's a, that's a huge one. We absolutely never hear anything saying, Hey, come and buy a Tesla. This is what makes a Tesla great. Here's here's the specs. All we get is the PR. We get stuff that's going that's on. They are 
and we get the you dropped out there, but that's okay. I just continued talking. Yeah, uh, that's cool. No, I was just saying. I was it's somebody trying to ring me. I was just just saying that you know some some people don't need to advertise. Yeah, Turtle do. Turtle advertise the heck out of this place. Yeah, and they really don't actually need to because everybody's happy to drive a Land Cruiser or a Hilux pickup here because they yeah. know they're going to never break down on them and they're going to get them over the over the sand. Yeah. But they still advertise like mad. But brands like Lamborghini, Ferrari, they don't advertise. No. You know? And they're still and, selling. And, and that's, that's one of those things, you know, it's, it's, if, if, if for me, a Tesla has become an aspirational vehicle, either for people that, you know, because they, they believe the hype or they, they want to be part of the change or their perception or what they perceive to be the change. For me personally, it's not that much of a forward step, but it's a massive, massively important step because of what it will lead to. But I, I genuinely understand, I do believe and understand the, um, the value of Tesla mm. uh, as it comes to a purely market um, a market focus. Really, I, I do get it. Now, what will be interesting is the more and more they sell and as they start to be criticized by people like JD Power who do these surveys for the reliability mm. and people that that do um, you know how, how they retain their value um, how is the showroom experience how is the sales experience how is the service experience uh, because some of the stuff they, they've they've done is is really good and I think they've forward thought a lot of it but they aren't. They aren't a heritage. Uh, they aren't a company with any heritage or pedigree in, mm. in making and servicing cars. But every day that goes by, they're one day more experienced. Yeah. So uh, we can't just um, we can't just laugh at them now. And, 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 and uh, as I've said before, if it, if it was down to people like Toyota to make all the cars in the world. There'd be no ch- we wouldn't have a chat. We won't be chatting every week about cars because how boring would that be? Horrible. That's the that's that's the fear. That's the fear because a lot of cars are becoming insane. You know, yeah. you know they're, they're, just, they're made to a price, and production methods make sure they all look and sound and feel the same. And so, so for me, as a person who appreciates a car and what it is and how it gets from drawing board to production line to to driveway of the owner um, it's very important for people like Tesla and Lamborghini to come and do things that are a bit crazy yeah speaking of interesting talking about cars that are going off the production line back in Dubai I saw it on Sheikh Zayed Road Opal is advertising saying we're back and they've got three cars up on their their billboard didn't know they'd gone away to be honest (laughs) (laughs) I mean I mean, I mean, I don't know what they expect the ticker tape parade. Oh, thank the Lord. For vo- oh, I mean, we call them Vauxhalls in the UK. Again, uh, massive, um, massive fall from, from Grace. They had some, some really iconic, really iconic cars back in the day. They, they, certainly in the UK, they, they, the Astra uh, GTE, which was the uh, up there against the Golf GTI as mm. Vauxhall's answer to, to Volkswagen's GTI. Um, then they did the Carlton, which they had Lotus play with. So they did the Lotus Carlton, which was a great saloon, sort of one of the first really focused performance saloon cars, which you could still get baby seats in the back and two adults in the front and some luggage in the boot. Wow. Uh, I mean, nothing about their cars appeals to me these days. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know. We, we don't see – if I've seen five in the eight years that I've been here, mm. I'm probably stretching it. And I can I know for sure two because we had two of them in at the same time on the same day for the same problem. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, we, yeah, we couldn't get the parts. And, then, and, and, and one of them, the customer had already arranged the parts. So then he arranged the parts for the lady with the other car. And then she came back in a week's time when we had them. Uh, but other than that, yeah, we we don't see them. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how they would how they would penetrate here. Yeah, not sure how they would. 
Well, it's a, it's a big challenge because I often think of, of Mazda and, you know, Mazda makes a great car, kind of boring looking, but they're, they're really a good car, but their, their penetration of the market is a challenge. Suzuki, Suzuki's vehicles look kind of cool, but again, yeah. you know, although I'm not buying a Jimny, I'll just tell you, I went for a ride in a Jimny, took it around the block. And in fact, it was a little while ago, Imtishan, when he still lived out here in, in the hinterland, uh, he said, Hey, I've got a Jimny. Why don't you take it for a ride around the block? And so I did. We, you know, we took it for a nice long ride around the block. 10 kilometers was enough. I got out of it and I said, yeah, it's a nice vehicle. I'll never own one. I said, but it's, you know, it, it was fun to ride around the block, but I don't want one. I like the look of it. I like the idea, but, but some of the other stuff Suzuki's selling is, is pretty darn cool and, you know, price effective, etc. but you know, hard, it's a pretty small group of people. They're, they, they, they only bring in so many cars and they unload them pretty quick. So it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the problems with all these brands is they don't have the sort of cachet. Mm. They haven't got, you know, it's, 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 it's an Opal. It's a Mazda. It's, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a Suzuki. They're not, they're not necessarily well-respected brands. You know, it's not the same as having an Audi or a Porsche on the drive. Yeah, not yeah. the same. And, and it's it's one of those unfortunate situations because I could tell you from my side. I mean, Ian, Ian the Skoda guy's been in today. Oh, uh, he, I miss that guy. He, he Does, did, I miss Ian the Skoda guy? See, that would yeah. Be- so he's been and picked up his Fabia today, and um, how did he find you? What a great car. How did he find you? Because he used to use he Sam as well. Yeah, he had my number. He'd been in with uh, he'd been in with a Jeep and, okay. and, and a couple of things that, that Sam couldn't sort out at Rage. Not necessarily Sam, but the guys at Rage. Yeah. And then uh, we just kept in contact. So, yeah, he's been in and, and picked it. And that's a fantastic car. And oh, they're just man. giving them away. Because <laughs> nobody appreciates, because it's, it wants a, it's the who, who wants a Skoda on the drive sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The but neighbors haven't got one. The neighbors have got a GMC or a Cadillac. Yeah. But that Fabia is, yeah. is great. And, you know, they've got that SUV, which I never see any of those around, but it it is spectacular. The Yeti. No, no, no. Yeah. The Yeti is a great car. Uh, the, the Yeti is great. The, the Kodiak, which is the, 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 I think the Kodiak is their version of the Touareg. Okay. And I, and I just, I just think that, you know, so I, I do understand that. Yes. Okay. Uh, doesn't have to have a nice, shiny, well-respected badge on the front to make it good. Like we've said about the Kias before, I'd, I'd yeah. take a Telluride any day. Yeah. And, put, and, and, and a Stinger for the weekends, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'd, I wouldn't even care what they were, I wouldn't even care where they were made or how, because they're just really, really good cars. Uh, every single part of them is great. They look great. They do the work that you want them to do and their, their performance is where it should be. And, they're reliable. Yeah, no, for but sure. But when it comes to when it when it comes to the the general public, that's not how everybody thinks, right? Yeah, it's, and that's that's always we've always said that's the big problem for Kia. It's the badge. Someone says, "Oh, it's a Kia." Yeah, it's a Stinger. Basically, this thing rivals Mercedes and BMW. It's fast. It's furious. It's comfortable inside. But people and and actually, I, I the Stinger I saw yesterday, I had to do a double take because I thought it was an Audi. And I think they've taken the Kia badge off it, and it just says Stinger on it. I don't think it's set, you don't see Kia on on the the you know the. Yeah, it's funny that I, I had a, a friend of mine that was looking to buy a new car um, before he decided to leave the country, and uh, I I put Stinger up there as an option for him, and uh, the, the the many questions he asked me about it before going to see them, and then again after was how much will it cost to take the Kia badge off it yeah. and smooth the tailgate and, and the bonnet. And it's like, well, <laughs> why? That's the, that's the thing. We, we, we really, honestly, this, we should, we could probably talk for hours with Andrew about this because yeah. he understands this and Colin as well. Colin, uh, obviously from, we will fix it, but he understands this stuff. And then, um, and, uh, and try and get an appreciation for, for that because I don't have any, I, I, I don't care what's on the drive. Yeah, I, I appreciate the car for what it is, but at the same time, 
you, you have to understand that that's not how everybody thinks, and it's not how even a, a, it's, it's a, we're in a small minority, I think, and that's why they do sell more. Um, they do sell more of a certain type of car than another. Mm, mm, interesting. It sounds to me like we need to do a group of five, get Jen in on this, and then talk about uh, car badges and branding. And she's kind of savvy on that yeah. stuff too. She's quite the brander herself. Well, we need a we we need a female's perspective on it. Yeah, and and I think and I I think Jenna's driving a Pajero right now, and against her own will because she Pajero. was she was driving a Lincoln before, and now she's into a Pajero. So, uh, but I don't think she's very happy with that. Well, her and Colin can talk for hours about the Pajeros, <laughs> and uh, I'll record that chat for when I want to go to sleep. <laughs> There, there's a Pajero around the corner from me that's got a lift kit on it. And every time I run by, I just wonder, really? Really? Yeah. It's it's pretty yeah. high. <laughs> it's just one thing you can just... The, the, the one thing about a Pajero is there's absolutely zero drama to owning it. But the problem is that that, that includes with driving it. There's nothing to enjoy about driving it. Yeah. But don't have to deal with people like me regularly. That's it. So, you know, you know, that's it. Every cloud. So yeah. Glenn, I think we're going to have to wrap our, our show for today, but look, we, we want to, we want to put some stuff on the table for next time around. And one of the things we want to throw onto the table is suspensions. We want to talk suspensions again, bushings. I've heard a lot of people talking about bushings. Who knows what the heck those are and uh, how suspensions affect tires so those, uh, those, those, all of those things on the top of our next podcast list. And then, of course, yeah. our regular ranting. And who knows? Maybe we'll be doing it from an aviator or something. You never know. We might even be back at the Rove. Yeah. There's a big possibility. Yeah, it'd be good, be Pod- good if they're open again. Yeah. They're opening, and uh, they've, they've, uh, they've got a podcast suite put in for us. So there it gets even better. <laughs> awesome. Love it. There we go. But either way, maybe we can, you know, if we're not at the Rove doing it, maybe we can, maybe I can pop down your way and we can just do it face to face. It'd be kind of nice to do the podcast yeah. in the same room again. We can, we can wear masks yeah, and social distance, but you know, we can do it. It'll be fun. Yeah, we can do that. Awesome. Easy. Awesome. With that being said, Glenn, I need to let you get back to work. Potaholics yeah. is what you've been listening to. PowerWorks, that's the podcast with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Across the socials, Podaholics with a K. I don't know how you're listening to us, but we know that you are. So drop us the review. Drop us some comments. Send us your messages. And if you got questions for Glenn, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. We'll get them to him next show. Thank you very much for listening. Check out the rest of our podcasts www.potaholicswithak.com.